Hello, this is Contractor Coffee Club Podcast presented by EGIA, and I'm your host, Mark Madison. This podcast is hosted on EGI.org slash podcast, where you can also find links to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Google Play, along with an archive of all previous episodes, a submission form for our listener Q&A, and the link to take the latest EGI snapshot survey. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the power of consistency and being other-centered. Success isn't always about greatness. It's about consistency. Consistent hard work leads to success. Greatness will come. That's from Dwayne The Rock Johnson, the actor, producer, and bodybuilder. I was coaching an AAU basketball team when my oldest son was in the seventh grade. Once a month, I asked a high school senior to come speak to the boys. My logic was, if I brought in a college or professional player, they might not be able to relate. My logic worked well. My boys were in rapt attention as one star high school player spoke after another. On one occasion, I asked Jamal Crawford, who at the time was the best high school player in the state at Rainier Beach High School in Seattle. This was 1998. His team had just won the state championship. As Jamal took the boys through a complicated ball handling drill, one of my boys asked him how much time he invested each day in drills. Jamal stopped, smiled, and replied, I practice three hours a day after practice every day. The kids were stunned because he said every day. Jamal's been in the NBA for about 16 years now, and he's won the Sixth Man Award three times. My guess is he still practices three hours a day after practice. It doesn't matter what you do for work. The key to long-term success is consistency. Stephen King writes every day from 7.30 to noon, seven days a week. Ten pages a day is his goal. I interviewed Pat McCarthy, the author of The Nordstrom Way shortly after his book came out. Why are you so successful at sales, I asked over breakfast. I think it has something to do with being other-centered, he said, which is the opposite of self-centered, or perhaps the 40 phone calls I make every day. Years ago, I remember reading a story about in the New York Times about Jerry Rice, the former wide receiver for the San Francisco 49ers. The article profiled his off-season workout regime. He committed to working out five hours a day. The workout was so rigorous that he had three different workout partners for each aspect of his commitment. Three. When spring training came about, he was already in great shape. He never got out of shape. One of my favorite comedians said, I've learned from experience that if you work harder at it and apply more energy and time to it, and the more consistency, you get a better result. You see, it comes from the work. My long-term musical hero, Bruce Springsteen, contends, Getting an audience is hard. Sustaining an audience is hard. The demands of consistency, thought, purpose, and action over a long period of time is key. Skateboarder Sean White says, the hardest thing about skateboarding is consistency. Slightest flick of your foot or gust of wind can send your board flying. So it's really anybody's game out there. The dictionary defines consistency as conformity in the application of something typically that which is necessary for the sake of logic, accuracy, or fairness. Synonyms include uniformity, constancy of purpose, regularity, evenness, steadiness, stability, and equilibrium. My good friend, Weldon Long, I'm sure all of you know who Wally is by now. We share the stage a couple of times a year. He has an extraordinary story. I loved his book, The Power of Consistency. And if you haven't read it, go to Amazon.com and get your copy today. It's a book anyone owning a business or wanting to improve their life needs to read. 
Weldon will show you how to train your mind and master the prosperity mindset, which helps overcome many of the curveballs that life can throw your way. Here are a few excerpts in Weldon's own words. You never know what someone can accomplish if they want it badly enough. To succeed, you need to nip the complaining in the bud and find a way to prosper despite challenges and adversity. To overcome any challenge, you need to get your mind right and develop a prosperity mindset that's geared and programmed to transcend any obstacle. The key is to define one or two things that ensure success and do those things consistently. The key to improvement is recognizing the error of our ways, finding a better course of action, and being consistent in moving in a more positive direction. And one of my favorite quotes, private affirmations dictate future actions. He goes on to say, to be a better person, salesperson, employee, employer, than you are today, you need to understand how to create personal change in your life. So there it is, change. If you wanna be the very best at your job, career, or calling, find out what the very best people do that you're not doing. Set goals to make those behaviors and actions part of your daily routine. And like Weldon and Jamal and Jerry and Bruce and Dwayne and Sean, if you do, you'll spark the success you need to be one of the exemplars in your industry. Remember, only the mediocre are always at their best. So what specific consistent activities are you willing to commit to? If you have an opportunity, if you're not driving, and chances are you are, but what I should do is file away this question. Why not you? You see, that's the question that Russell Wilson's father asked him just before he died. He said, Russell, why not you in the, in the NFL? Why not you winning a Super Bowl? Sometimes one question can spark that kind of success. Drew Barrymore, the actor, producer, and director said, I pray to be like the ocean with soft currents, maybe waves at times. More and more, I want the consistency rather than the highs and the lows. So it really is about consistency. I remember when I first started in sales, I had been a technician for 10 years. And now I found myself selling commercial service agreements and projects. And I wanted to be the very best salesperson of my company. Kind of like when I was in high school, I wanted to be the best player on my basketball team. There's something in us, right, that drives that ambition. Call it competitiveness or drive, but it was there. And I knew I was going to need some outside help. So I was talking to my sister one day, and she said, why don't you talk to Les? I said, well, why? Well, what, is, what does he know, a, a mutual friend of ours? He said, well, Les was like the top salesman at Xerox for like five years in a row. He made President's Club, and then they made him sales manager, and he took the last place, 29th place, you know, Seattle branch of Xerox to number one in two years. Maybe he can give you some insights. So I said, great. So I called him up, and I said, hey, let me take you to lunch. I want to pick your brain. And when people do that to me now, I kind of smile and say, okay, uh, pick my brain. I, now I hate that phrase, but, you know, back then it was all I had. So Les was very gracious, and he listened to me describing my new job and the rigors of it. And, and then just as the meal was concluding, he said, you know, Mark, uh, sales is all about activity. If your boss says do two proposals a week, you do four. I said, that's it? That's all your advice? He said, well, anything more than that would confuse you. And he said, by doubling your activity, you're going to learn everything you need to know in a shorter period of time. And quite frankly, if you spend that much time seeing that many people, you're going to learn everything you know really fast. You're going to fail forward. So I did five proposals a week. And at the end of the year, I was 150% of plan. Now, mind you, I only had a 25% close rate, but the secret was consistency. 
So there it is. The other thing I'd like to talk about today is what I affectionately call the other-centered philosophy, and it goes back to my conversation with Pat McCarthy from Nordstrom. And by the way, if you've not read Pat's book, The Nordstrom Way, it's absolutely a fantastic read, especially if you're in sales. And let's face it, who isn't in sales? So Pat said to me one day, are you self-centered or other-centered? Do you talk about yourself all the time, or do you ask open-ended questions and listen to other people? Everyone you meet from 8 to 88 is looking for three things, appreciation, respect, and understanding. I'm going to repeat that because it bears repeating. Everybody you meet from 8 to 88 is looking for three things, appreciation, respect, and understanding. In fact, it's an acronym, A-R-U. It's also a question, are you? Are you doing that? What if you got in the habit of doing that? In Rick Warren's best-selling book, The Purpose-Driven Life, he begins by saying, it's not about you. There it is. It's not about you. Four years ago, I drove from San Antonio to Laredo, Texas, to speak to 900 freshmen at Texas A&M International University. What a treat. Being around young people energizes me. Thanks, Dr. Keck. As I drove the three hours, I listened to Wayne Dyer's audio program, 10 Secrets to Peace and Success. For the last 25 years, I've earned countless degrees from Windshield University as I drive around this fine country. I've worked in 47 states, in driving and learning, learning and driving. Here are my journal notes from one of the great teachers of personal and spiritual development. Wayne was unique and brilliant. He passed away in 2015. He'll be missed. I'm shocked about how much material he stole from me over the years. Not really. So that's, what that's where these ideas came from. Number one, be open to all things and attached to nothing. Reject pessimism. With God in the right mindset, all things are possible. Conceive, believe, and achieve. An open mind is a choice. When you hear something you don't like or don't agree with, try saying, I've never considered that before. Let me think on that. Or, that's an interesting point of view. Remember to let it all come and go as it will be. Two, don't die with the music still in you. What a man can be, he must be. Writers write. Speakers speak. Do what you love and the money will follow. Be true to yourself. What's the best and highest use of your time? Follow your bliss. Khalil Gibran said, when, you, when you're born, your work is placed in your heart. I like that. Find your purpose. Thoreau said, if a man doesn't keep pace with his companions, perhaps he hears a different drummer. Someone asked me once, when did you know you wanted to be a speaker? And I said, well, the clues were there. I just missed them. When I was in kindergarten, we lived in Japan, and I was sent home one day with a note. You see, uh, the rest of the class was singing the national anthem at the time, and I broke out in a rendition of the Jetsurin gear from West Side Story. The teacher wrote a really nice note. It said something to the effect of, Mark has a lot of energy. We just need to find a way to channel it in a more constructive way. Can we conference next week? My mother saved the note. It was among her personal effects after she died. You see, I was five years old, and I needed a stage. Huh. Number three, you can't give away what you don't have. Each of us gets back what we give away. What we give out comes back, almost like a boomerang. We're all mirrors, merciless mirrors. Ridicule, criticism, blame, guilt, shame, anger, resentment, and fear come back like a bird to its nest. By the same token, love, harmony, peace, joy, tolerance, respect, and appreciation come back to us in equal measure. The positive emotions are frequency faster and easier. Be in the world, not of it. Great things will come of love and service to others. I remember hearing Earl Nightingale say years ago, if you want to earn more income, ask yourself this question. 
How can I increase the quality and quantity of my service today? My service to other people today. There it is. Number four, embrace silence. The greatest benefit of meditation and prayer is the sense of belonging that comes to us, wrote Bill Wilson, the founder of AA. Pray and wait. Say a prayer slowly, stopping to consider the meaning of each word. It's not a hundred yard dash. It's a long, slow walk, taking in the beauty of nature. I have a choice each morning. I can say, good God, morning, or good morning, God. Five, give up your personal history. Let go of the past. Ogden Nash wrote in 1957 from You Can't Get There From Here, a little verse that says it best. Here lies my past. Goodbye, I've kissed it. Thank you, kids. I wouldn't have missed it. Your past is over and done. Forgive the people that harmed you. Forgive and forget. All you get is now. Let go of the past. Number six, a problem can never be solved with the mind that created it. Einstein said that. We all agree he was a genius. If we have a challenge, we must look upon it from a different point of view. We need input from others. We need a shift in attitude, awareness, and emotion. We need some perspective, some objectivity. That's why I asked Les that day at lunch what I needed to do to succeed in sales. Seek and ye shall find. Good advice. Seven, there are no justified resentments. Resentments are like snake bite. It's not the bite that kills us, rather it's the venom racing through our veins that does the job. Marcus Aurelius said, the quality of your life is determined by your thoughts. Resentments return me to my old negative ways. Moreover, it attracts more resentments. Blame has to be replaced by acceptance and forgiveness and gratitude. Would you rather be right or happy? Get past blame. One friend of mine said, resentments are like burning down your house to kill a rat or taking poison and expecting the other guy to die. I like that. Eight, act as if and you will become. William James, the father of American psychology in America wrote, act as if what you do makes a difference. It does. Imagine the goal you seek. Be a good finder. Focus on what you want, not on what you don't want. Earl Nightingale said, we become what we think about all day long. Action cures fear. Act as if and the feelings will follow. Is a bird happy because he sings or does he sing because he's happy? Huh. I discovered years ago that it takes 13 facial muscles to smile and 47 to frown. Evidently, some people don't mind the extra work. If you smile, the feelings will follow. If you do something kind for somebody else, it'll come back to you. Maybe not from that person, but it always does. Nine, treasure your divinity. We're all connected to the source. What digests our food, what opens the flowers runs through me. Each of us is connected to a higher power and to God and each other. Gratitude and awareness changes us. My late mentor, Bob Moad, used to say, God don't make no junk. Now I understand, coach. Number 10, wisdom is avoiding all thoughts which weaken you. By changing your thoughts, you change what manifests in your life. It's simple, not easy. We have 60,000 thoughts a day, and for most people, 75% of those thoughts are negative. Isn't that fascinating? 75%. I thought about that one day. Why? And I realized that I was a product of my environment. I was listening to the news. I was watching the news. I was reading the news. And one day it hit me. It's the news. 
I stopped reading the newspaper. I took a 30-day break from the media. I quit listening to it on the radio. I stopped watching it on TV, and I stopped reading the front page of the newspaper. And an amazing thing happened. I was happier. And to this day, I read two or three newspapers a day. I just don't read the front section. Hmm. I can't wait for my next trip to Laredo. Now, where did I put that Wayne Dyer CD? I need to earn another PhD at Windshield U. So here's a thought. How can you be more empathetic? How can you walk a mile in somebody else's shoes? I reread Dale Carnegie's book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. I've probably read that book more than any other single book. Since 1982, I've probably read it a dozen times. In my last reading, it dawned on me that whole book can be summarized in one word, empathy. So how about you? Now, before I go on to this last section, Lucas, uh, we've got some announcements, don't we? We do one or two. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, we, I just want to remind everybody that we have a special snapshot survey this month. EGIA is running a special snapshot survey this, this month. Obviously, employee benefits are a, a huge factor for any small business. They're a, a major cost, but also kind of an investment. They're a magnet to attract talented employees. Uh, in June's special snapshot survey, we're asking people all about their employee benefit programs and the data provided will be used to potentially form a new EGIA member benefit program that would offer companies, uh, member com EGIA member companies, the opportunity to get medical insurance and other kind of benefits, employee benefits at a special kind of group bot rate. We could leverage our large membership base um, to offer yeah, much, much cheaper benefits like insurance than they could get on their own. So uh, take this month's right. survey at egia.org slash survey. And everybody who enters, everybody who takes the survey is also entered for a chance to win $100. So got a chance to win. And you, even if you don't, you will be uh, contributing to what could be a really exciting new program. You're aware. It is exciting. Yeah. So yeah. there's something else that's exciting. There's an online discussion forum, right? There is. EGIA's latest valuable member benefit is now live. Uh, Contractor Connect the online discussion forum, contractorconnect.org. So it's uh, exclusive to EGIA membership. All EGIA members have access. And so you can join other members on the website to network, trade success strategies with contractors nationwide, ask and answer questions. Uh, you can get feedback from you know other contractors who have boots on the ground, as well as uh, people like the Mark Madisons of the world. Drew Cameron is actually the, the resident faculty member there. But other EGIA contract universities, acclaimed faculty of consultants, educators, offering insights. And like I said, that's included with all EGIA membership levels. So visit now contractorconnect.org. It's really exciting. There's already we just rolled out a beta. So it's uh, still a, a nascent site, but there's already some pretty good conversation going on there. And, you know, really cool to kind of, well, Mark, you know, this is sort of the idea is it's a, a, a you know, a, a non-live version, but part of the idea, right. what's great about conferences is that you get to kind of talk to contractors who are in other parts of the country, right? You know, you can trade strategies without feeling like you're, giving away the farm to the, the competition or something like that. Although that, that too, you know, abundance mentality and all that, but um, really cool sure. way to, to, yeah, to you know, trade war stories, trade success strategies with people who are, you know, on the, on the other coast, for example. And the new website was launched recently. I went through, it's amazing. It is. Yeah. The new website, egia.org. So the great thing about that is we've actually really expanded the, well, there's a lot of great things about that, but um, for people listening, we've really expanded the free resources section of that website. So it's going to be much, much better um, and a lot more, features for EGIA members, but also for non-members alike. Um, if you're not a member of EGIA, you can go there. There's there's all sorts of a ton of free resources. There's the blog, there's the podcast, there's the weekly show, and it goes on and on. 
Um, but yeah, it's, it's fantastic. It is a huge improvement over what it was before. And like I said, I think it, the value is greatly increased for, for EGIA members and non-members alike. Simple and easy to use. Simple and easy to use. I guess as long as we're talking about it, I should throw in one more thing. Yeah. Because the conference, Epic 2018, at which Mark will be speaking, uh, is filling up really fast. I think we're closing in on the room block rate, the hotel room block rate that we have reserved is, I think, above 80%. And we are well over half full now. So uh, hoping that you all will join us there. And if you are going to, I would recommend signing up soon. It's going to be really exciting. Mark will be there. Uh, talking about any of his number of, he's, I've heard a number of his breakout sessions. They're all fantastic. Weldon Long will be there. Gary Alex will be there. Keynotes are Connie Podesta, who's a, a human behavior specialist, and Aaron Ralston, the subject of that movie, 127 Hours. Right. Um, it's going to be just a fantastic event, September 27th through 29th. And as I said, filling up fast. So if, uh, if you're interested in going, head to egia.org slash epic, E-P-I-C, 2018. Some EGIA membership levels have free... Uh, registrations, but all contractors are welcome. And you know what? As a to sweeten the pot, I'll be bringing copies of my new book. Oh, I love it. And I think if they just come, they get a copy. Sure. But we shouldn't probably say that out loud. I don't want to ruin the surprise. <laughs> I don't even know if that's true, but I feel like between the two of us, we can put our heads together and figure out a way to make it happen, right? Yeah, we'll just do that. Yeah, there you go. Um, Mark, I have a question. Can I ask you something about what you were talking about earlier? Yeah. So you were, I mean, you were talking about consistency and which I think is, is all about self-improvement. And to kind of refer back to what I just mentioned a minute ago, the abundance mindset, because I've heard you talk about that a lot. Um, I think a lot of people kind of primarily can think about, um, for better or worse, think about what their competitor is doing and what, you know, what the guy across the street is doing and how can you beat that person. And I've heard you say this a lot, and I just kind of wanted to, to get your take on it. But I mean, another contractor getting rich doesn't mean that you can't get rich yourself, right? You don't necessarily have to... to beat everybody out there there's to improve yourself to the point of success right yeah i heard a definition of success once it's comparing and competing with your own best self and i was like that because it's kind of like golf you know you're you're not playing against the other guys in the foursome you're playing against your own best score for that course all right so as a contractor you're not really competing with anybody else you're competing against your own best self your best year financially your best year from a net and gross profit standpoint, your best year in sales, uh, your best year in delivering fantastic customer service. So, uh, so that's the that's the first distinction is you're competing and comparing against your own best self, your own best score, if you will. So, would, would, would you second say that because a guy at another company sold two million dollars, the market is is big enough that, that that doesn't mean you can't sell two million dollars, right? Absolutely, or three or four three or for that four, matter. Sure. Yeah. But the other thing is there's most successful contractors that I've had the privilege of working with, and I've worked with some amazing companies, some as big as $2 billion, right, and as small as $1 million in, in Texas, right? So, and everybody in between. And here's the thing. Every successful contractor had uh, what I call a friendly competitor in the market. There's somebody that were like-minded, that offered similar value, fairly similar in size. And when they lost business to them, it was never a bad thing. If they said, well, no, we've chosen to go with the ABC company, you can say, hey, they're a great company. I know the owner. Uh, he and I are friends. Uh, they'll do a great job for you. And you need that. You need that not just for uh, someone else to talk to about your market, but it, it's a good thing if they go with somebody whose pricing is similar to yours, whose values and philosophy is similar to yours. So, it's again, that's an abundance mentality. 
The third thing, uh, and this is one of those things that is kind of related, but not. One of the saddest things I hear contractors say is I haven't had a vacation in five years, right? And anytime somebody says that to me, I'd say, you know, I wouldn't repeat that again in public if I were you. That's not something you want to brag about. What I'd like to hear from you is how many weeks off are you taking a year? See, if you're doing it right and you have balance in your life, like tomorrow I'm going to Cabo San Lucas for a week. I know, you know, somebody has to go there. It may as well be me. But I take uh, six weeks off a year, three weeks in the summer and three weeks in December. And and I made a decision to do that uh, really early in my business because I work really long hours. I travel a great deal. My days sometimes are 14 hours on the road. And, and you know, there had to be something uh, to look forward to, right? And so for me, uh, the, the stress is a, a guy named Hans Selye invented the word stress. Well, he kind of discovered it. And there's two kinds of stress. The bad stress is called distress, right? It's, it's fear, it's worry, it's doubt, it's indecision, uh, and, and it can kill you. Uh, the positive form of stress is called eustress. It's a positive expectancy. It's the kind of feeling kids have, you know, the day before Christmas or adults have the day before they're going on vacation. Right now, I'm filled with eustress, all right? My wife gave me a list of things that I need to do before, you know, before we leave tomorrow. And that's a kind of a looking forward to kind of stress. So those are three things that I would, you know, that I would offer up to consider. Do we have time for one more little segment? I think I think we do, yeah. Ah, okay, good. I always like our conversations, by the way. Yeah. You're an easy guy to talk to. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. I also actually, as long as we're talking about it then, this it stuck out to me earlier when you were, because I believe this is a Weldon Long paraphrase when you were talking about him, and it kind of resonated with the uh, the Jamal Crawford conversation. But I think it's Weldon that says that everything you need to do to be successful is easy. Uh, it's just easier not to do it. And right. I was thinking that with, with the Jamal Crawford thing, because it's like, you know, for a 16, 17-year-old kid who, you know, doesn't necessarily have to work 40 hours a week, it is really easy to, to set aside three hours to do something, right? It's just, it's much, much easier to not do that and to watch TV instead. Yeah. Well, it's simple and not easy. That's the language I like to use. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And then Here's some simple and things you like, can do. Yeah. And, and, and working on consistency, I think, is a, you know, it's just getting reps in an activity is a, is a, a simple thing to do. Well, I just finished up a new ebook on sales. And by the way, if anyone was interested in getting a copy, all they have to do is just send me an email and I'll send you an advanced copy. But you have to send me an email. So uh, it's a, sales is a numbers game. You know, it's an art and a science, right? And the science are the numbers. So uh, when I first started in sales, I walked into 75 buildings. I was selling commercial service agreements. I walked into 75 buildings to get 50 names, to talk to 40 people, to get 20 appointments to do 10 proposals to close five at an average of 5,000 per with a pull through of two to one. Now, that was my conversion rate, right? 75 and five. My point is I picked a number. And so I don't care what you sell, you need to understand the numbers. And the science of it is the consistency, X amount of numbers a day, a week, a year. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. That's absolutely. kind of a quick little aside, but it wasn't what I was going to say. I have one last little section here I'd like to go through, if I may. You may. And hopefully, we'll have plenty of time. This is kind of a fun little way to end today. Practice unselfish thinking, Ben Swetland said. You cannot hold a torch to light another's path without brightening your own. When you show deep empathy towards other people, their defensive energy goes down and positive energy replaces it. That's when you can get more creative in solving problems. Stephen Covey said that. 
And a guy named W.H. Auden said, we're all here on earth to help others. What on earth the others are here for, I don't know. The first time I remember helping somebody, I was 10 years old. My friend down the street was two years younger than I. He received a new bike for Christmas, one without training wheels. He wanted me to teach him how to ride a two-wheeler. I remember the feeling of satisfaction and joy when after a couple of hours of coaching, he finally got it. You see, I transferred cash to him, K-A-S-H, knowledge, attitude, skills, and habits. We went around the block for hours after that. It was a great feeling. I've been doing that ever since, transferring skills to other people. How good are you at transferring those skills to others? Who were the great coaches and teachers that inspired you along the way? Those that coach, train, and teach are gentlemen and gentle women. Have you ever met a gentleman? Someone with class and sophistication? You remember the Grey Poupon ad some years ago? Pardon me, do you have any Grey Poupon? Love that ad. Recently, a very successful physician-turned-entrepreneur called me. We met at his magnificent home on the shores of Lake Washington in Seattle. It was a mansion. It wasn't really a house. 10,000 square feet. He was a class act, a true gentleman. We conceptually agreed to work together, and as I drove home, I considered all the qualities he possessed. Here's my short list. I call it 21 ways to spot a gentleman. Number one, he asked questions based on research. He asked about my family and my wife. Two, he listens, truly listens to the answers. Number three, he doesn't interrupt. Four, he refrains from trying to one-up me with a better story. His focus was always yes and. Yes and then what happened? That's the ultimate in improv. Five, he remembers the names of people that are important to me. He knew the names of my children. I'm not sure how, but he knew. He was a pragmatic optimist. He was naturally curious. He didn't tell a dirty joke or swear. I thought that was interesting. He was well-dressed, but not flashy. He was up on current events. He asked what books I'd read over the last 90 days. I love that question. He sat erect and had great posture at all times. He kept his word to himself first and then others second. He was confident, but not arrogant. He waited until everyone else had their food before eating his. He avoided criticism and judgment, even when other people were doing it. He was well-spoken with an impressive vocabulary. He was fit. I think I mentioned the foul language and the cursing. He didn't do it, not once. He, he treated his wife with respect and dignity, and he was thoughtful and generous. Now, I realize this is quite a list to live up to, and as I drove back to my office, I realized he'd given me a great gift, able example. Was he successful because he had all these qualities, or did he have all the qualities because he was successful? The former, I believe. He was not born with these behaviors. They were honed, developed, nurtured, and crafted over time. Kind of like learning to ride a bike. Trial and error. Did I mention he kept a journal? I came to the conclusion I've got a lot of work to do. I wonder what will become of me. I wonder how I'll be remembered, what will be said at my funeral. I hope some of these qualities will be there. In fact, here's what I want on my tombstone. I told you I was sick. I like that. So it really is true. In order to keep something, we've got to give it away. And I'll end with a quote from Blake Shelton, the musician-songwriter. He said, ironically, being a coach on The Voice and spending time with those kids, especially now I've learned a lot about myself. It reminded me how lucky I am that this all happened for me. And it kind of lit the spark inside me again for my love of music. So if there was one teacher or coach or mentor that had a profound effect on your life, why not write him a letter? Why not send him an email? And in it, tell him the five or ten things that you got from them. 
I promise you it'll make their day, their week, or their month. Make it a great day unless you have other plans. Well, Lucas, is there anything else before we wind down? I think we're all good. Actually, I guess we are. This is going live on the uh, the 15th, so I guess we'll be two days away from your next webinar, if I'm not mistaken, your marketing webinar for EGIA. Do you want to do a quick, we talked about this last time, but a quick little who should who should attend that webinar? Who should? I'm asking. Oh, should. I, I, think, I think everybody should. Who doesn't need to know marketing, right? Right. Yeah, marketing yeah. mavens in the making, I believe. Yeah, if you're interested in becoming a better marketer, tune in for this exciting what new webinar. I'll be talking about some marketing strategies. What uh, what, uh, that, what level like what roles in a company? Presuming the average person listening is is in a contracting company, what what roles in the company should be listening to? Well, I think anybody that's a service manager, uh, uh, a technician, a foreman, uh, certainly the owner of the company, uh, spouses, uh, anybody in sales and marketing. You know, some some great ideas. I think marketing is a is everybody's responsibility, and uh, marketing is really simple. It's getting the phone to ring. Sales is closing the deal, but marketing is getting the phone to ring, right? So, how do we get the phone to ring? I call it marketing gravity, and I'll talk about that, uh, you know, at great length in the webinar. Well, that'll do it for today's episode. As always, visit egi.org slash podcast to find this episode, an archive of previous episodes, the online form to submit your questions for our mailbag segment, links to subscribe to the podcast on Apple and Google Play app, and a link to the latest EGI snapshot survey. And for more information about EGI membership, visit www.egi.org slash join. I'm Mark Madison. Thanks for letting me play in your sandbox. I'll see you next time.